0: Hi there, folks. It's Jonathan Denwood here from WP Tonic. It's episode 118. We've got a great guest. I always say that, but we've got a very insightful guest that joined us a few weeks ago on our roundtable discussions, and it's Scott Bashami. and he's from a a luminary agency based in Los, Los Angeles, and... Extensive experience in e-commerce, so we're going to be talking about that subject. So, Scott, would you like to give some background um, to our listeners around your experience in that?
1: Sure. Um, So I actually, when I was 12 years old, I started building PowerPoints for for clients. I had one client, and that was my, my first foray into the business world. Uh, In a few years, I actually had a family friend that was interested in building a website. So I had no idea how to build websites. I didn't know what FTP was. I didn't know even what really HTML was. I think I had experience from editing my MySpace profile page, but that was it. Um, And ever since then, uh, I've actually always had more and more clients. And so I went from having just one family friend website that needed to be built all the way to um, having project managers and developers working for Luminary. Uh, the agency that I've been running. So, our focus has been uh, e commerce and web apps. Uh, so, we do a lot of WooCommerce websites as well as easy digital downloads websites.
0: That's great. Thank you for that, Scott. So, um, John, my co host, like to introduce yourself quickly? Sure thing. My name
2: is John Locke. I run a WordPress consultancy in Sacramento called Lockdown Design.
0: And uh, folks, um, I'm Jonathan Denwood. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. And I just want to point you out, if you're a designer or a developer and you've got legacy clients that you really don't fit your hourly rate or where you want to pursue your business, um, WP Tonic can take over those legacy clients for you. And we offer a boutique Um, WordPress management um, company and we will work with you so your old legacy clients will still have the same level of service and care that they received from you. So if that sounds interesting, please contact us. So Scott, um, e-commerce in general. So you've had an extensive career like you stated um building apps building e-commerce websites reflecting back what are some of the major things that you have learned through that experience that you wished you had known at the beginning of your business journey
1: sure so some of the different lessons that i've learned i think relate uh to either me running my agency so from an agency perspective but as well from the client perspective. um, And the the cool part for me is that my clients that I have now have, uh, or they can take advantage of all the experience that I have from all the other clients that I've worked with, all the experience that I have with uh, different e-commerce sites, what works, what doesn't, uh, even startups that are e-commerce sites in itself. So startups that may not have succeeded or startups that are succeeding on the web I have all that experience now to be able to kind of guide people in the right direction. So um, one thing that I've actually been doing recently uh, is really diving into the business purposes of any development that we do for a client. So instead of um, just having somebody come up and say, Hey, I have this feature or I have this website that I want to build. Here's my list of exactly what it's going to do. How much do you want to pay or how much am I going to pay for this? Um, And instead of just taking that, writing a proposal, walking away, or just saying, this is how much it'll be. Um, I really dig into it from a consulting standpoint and say, are you actually sending your money the right way? So even recently, I had a uh, uh, a woman who came up and she said within the past three years, she had built, I think it was three different websites for her business. So she had paid three different companies to build websites for her. And she said all of them failed. None of them were actually like helping her grow her business. None of them were that good. Uh, None of them were doing anything for her. And so she came up to me, and pretty much she was ready to plop down a bunch of money for a new website. But when I talked to her, I wanted to really dig into why were those other projects failing? Why is it that, uh, or what would be different this project that would make the next project more successful? So as we talked more and more, it sounds like she actually didn't really understand where her business was at, what she wanted to do. And what her goals were for the business. So she was always, she kept on saying that the industry was going this way, but she wanted to go this way, but she really needed to follow the industry because that's where all the money is and she still wants to have her influence in it. So in the end of it, after we talked about this, I I suggested, I said, look, you actually really need to have a business consultant or just spend some time figuring out where you want to take the business first. Rather than plunking down money for a website initially, right? So instead of saying, this is exactly what my website looks like, there needs to be more time spent actually figuring out what is the business? What is the direction of the business? Where is it going? What needs to happen? What is the branding? What is the messaging? And then that's when you can bring in somebody to to develop the website and to take that messaging and make it real. So that's been one of the core things that I've been doing recently is when somebody says, hey, I have this amount of money to plunk down on this feature, actually questioning, is that something that uh, is the optimal solution for the client? Are they uh, actually, is there a good chance that they're going to get an ROI on what they're spending? And um, is it a good fit for us? Right? So all of those different questions that at first maybe I would have, when I first started, I would have said, cool, it's a new project. Let's do it. I'll go for it. But now it's more of that kind of calculated approach for for my benefit but as well and almost more importantly for the customer's benefit
0: That's great Scott Um, I think they're very wise words Um, I think our previous interview Angie um, said something quite similar that normally the need for a website or a need for a revamp in a lot of occasions there are deeper reasons why the client feels like that and I think you've pointed that out very well yourself. Um, what are some of the other things you've learned on your journey when it comes to e commerce that would be useful? You know, it doesn't have to always be about the client. Even if you're a developer or a designer, some of the things that on reflection you've learned and tips or tricks that you would like to point out maybe put to a developer or somebody's got a small agency.
1: Sure. So, um it's interesting because it, I, I do want to almost loop back to the conversation we had a couple weeks ago about WooCommerce, um, and that that was supposed to be you know an hour chat about WooCommerce and how to make it do so much for your business. But I think 45 minutes we talked about you need to figure yourself out before you even write a line of code or pay a dollar for website development. Um, so once you actually are ready for uh, the website side. Um, I think it almost comes down to the same conversation of making sure the money that you're spending is going in the right direction. So um, a, a lot of startups that we've worked with, they, they'll they have no customers at first, right? So they'll, they'll start talking to customers, and they'll say, what do you think of our feature set? What do you think of what we have to offer? And a lot of the times what will happen is somebody will come up and they'll say, I love your service, right? Like, it's a perfect startup. I think it's wonderful. I'd love to be on your platform. But there's one thing that I'd love you to add, right? And and that'll make it so I join, right? And so then the e-commerce or the startup company will say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll add it. We'll add it. We'll add it. And then they add it, and they spend all this money adding it. And then it turns out maybe that customer actually didn't even sign up. They, they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you guys. I'm actually not interested. Or... The, the, the value of that customer is nowhere near the amount of de- investment um, that it's not worth it at all. So that's probably the biggest thing is once you start getting that traction or even before that, but once, you know, really once you start getting those customers that are saying, I want this, I want this, I want this, it's really weighing the value of whether or not it's actually worth it to invest in that or to even have that feature. So another example even would be a, uh, a customer that we had where they... What was it? It was uh, an e-commerce shop that you could go on and and get meals delivered or meals delivered to you weekly. Okay? Now, before they even launched the website, they actually wanted or launched their service. Really, they wanted to have the option for subscriptions and for gift cards and gift certificates. Um, and for me, I was like, look, you have no customers right now. You have no fans really right now. So. It's almost a distraction to have gift cards and gift certificates because usually the people that buy gift cards and gift certificates are people that are loyal fans of your brand, right? Unless you're Apple where, you know, oh somebody says, "Oh my grandson loves Apple, I'm going to buy him an Apple gift card." If you're really if you're a small business or a startup, gift cards are those people that they say, "I love this company so much that I'm going to almost pay for my friend to find out about your service," right? Like I love the food that you offer, I love the cupcakes that you make. They're so great that I'm going to pay you $20 and I'm going to give that gift card to my friend and now they're going to be a loyal fan of yours. So if you're considering gift cards and gift certificates before you've even launched, that's something that you're distracting yourself and almost getting too far ahead. And instead, you should be focusing on getting those fans, getting those people that say, I really, really love your service. And the people, you know, those are the people that are going to keep on coming back and then eventually say, hey, would you buy a gift card?
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's a great insight, actually, Scott. What do you, you know, it's going to, it's going to differ, but do you think a lot of that is that dealing with the look of the site and feature set is easier in some ways than the hard graph, and it is really hard graph of actually getting those first customers to actually start using whatever you're selling or building, whatever?
1: Sure. So that actually is an interesting point. Um, that it, it's really, honestly, with WooCommerce, with any of these, with WordPress in general, it's so easy to get a website up. It's so easy to get an e-commerce site up. And honestly, it's it's easy uh, to burn your money with a developer and throw a bunch of cash at a developer because you just say, hey, I want this feature, here's my money, and that's it, Right. Like you could easily today, if you said, I want an app, just that's it. I want an app and I'll pay $100,000 to it for it. I'm sure there would be a developer who would say, okay, I'll take your $100,000 and I'll build something for you. But at the end of it, what do you have, right? Like, do you have a brand? Do you have a message? Do you have something that people actually care about? Do you have a purpose? Do you have a goal? Do you have a mission? And if you don't have any of that, you're not doing the hard work. Right, and that's that. The hard work is what makes you different. The hard work is what differentiates you from all the other sites that are out there, all the other apps or any anything that's out there. So, it really, um, it, it's almost tricky. Where you can go onto WooCommerce.com, see all these cool extensions. Oh my gosh, they have it where you, you know you can start charging people subscriptions. That's cool. I totally think people will pay fifty bucks a month for this. Or instead of charging a, a, a $50, maybe we do 10 bucks a month and then you know, within six months we're making our money or making extra money. Um, so almost seeing all these cool extensions that you just press install and configure and you're set up, um, it's almost, uh, not deceiving, but it, it, it can be a trap, right? It can be a trap to make it so that you think, I install these things, I'm set up, I'm making lots of money, instead of realizing these are tools to grow yourself once you know who the company is
0: to know what makes you special. I think that's great. You know, we're talking about e-commerce here, but obviously our Mm -hmm. general emphasis is WordPress and the WordPress community, which is a -hmm. a very large community of different groups, really, Scott. But would you, if you're testing our idea, but this is a difficult one, if you're testing our idea, do you think WordPress and let's just say WooCommerce is the best solution to start off with?
1: Sure. Um, so, I'm not sure if we I'm not sure if we touched on, on this in a couple of weeks ago, but we can always talk about it again. Um, one one thing, even with the gift card program uh, that we we were talking about just a little bit ago, um, I always am more for the idea to even just build a landing page before you build a full feature and try to either collect emails or just generally collect uh, the level of interest in whatever you're doing first. So WordPress honestly, can actually be a good way to build an MVP, a minimum viable product, for perhaps what could be a bigger software package that maybe needs to have its own custom CMS or it needs to have its own custom code or what have you or different, different code base. So WordPress is a good way to build that initial version, um, but if if let's just say WordPress is your final destination, uh, that is your final product that you're building, maybe you could even pare it down even further and just build a flat HTML page that says, "Here's what we're going to be doing. Uh, this is this is why we're doing it. This is the message. Are you interested? Right? And that saves you so much time and money um, that that you don't have to even build a WordPress site. So recently there was actually oh, Delicious, I'm trying to think of what their, their full company name is, Delicious Brain. Uh, they're the makers of WP Migrate DB Pro. So they're the tool that lets like, to, you you know, migrate DBs, uh, export DBs, all those kind of cool things. So they recently uh, announced their, their beta program that they're starting for um, a new program. Let me see if I pull it up. Um, it's called MergeBot. Basically, it makes it so if you have a, a local environment, a staging environment, and a live environment, and let's just say on your local environment, you're changing some copy, you're adding some things, or you're deleting some things, and then eventually you want to get, get it to live, you'd be able to actually just sync it between those two. right? So have a, a synced environment between everything. For me, that's going to be a huge deal. right? So we have a lot of times where we're doing stuff on a live site, or we have a live site up, and then we have the staging site and the local site that we build, and we make some updates to local or updates to staging, but then the client actually goes on and makes updates to live, too. And so we can't just like take the database from local and push it to uh, to live. We have to track all the changes that we made and then push those out manually, or there's different ways to do it. So Mergebot, supposedly, it's gonna solve all those things. So I got an email from them, right, because I had actually signed up a while ago for a email landing page that said, here's the problem that we have, here's how we're gonna solve it, or we are going to solve it. And then recently there was an email that said, now we're ready for beta. Sign up for the beta here, right? And right away I said, sign me up, right? So all I've seen from them, they could even not have built a product yet. It could be that they've written zero lines of Mergebot. But they have me, like I am so pumped for this, I am ready to like plunk down cash for this solution. Because they identified What the issue is that everyone's having, or I'm having, they said, this is our suggested approach of how we want to do it. We're going to have a service. We're going to approach it. The other thing is that they have the credibility of being the creators of WP Migrate DB Pro, which shows that they kind of know what they're doing when it comes to databases, and and they're in the WordPress industry. So that credibility factor adds adds to everything. And I signed up. So it kind of shows that they could have taken the approach that they built all of MergeBots. And then they went to the world and said, we have the solution, are you interested? But they took a cooler solution. They said, here's, here's what we're looking for, or here's what the problem is, here's our fix, are you interested? Um, and I signed up right away. And it, it made it so that they, I mean, I'm sure they, they still were developing, I'm sure they still would have gone for it, but they could have technically not started development until today.
0: That's a great thanks for that, Scott. I think we're going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, my co-host, John Locke, is going to continue this really fascinating interview with Scott. Back in a minute, folks.
1: Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area? I know the best CRS real estate broker. And that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021.
0: We're coming back, folks. Um, so, John, like to uh, um, continue the interview and take over for me.
2: Sure thing. Uh, we're talking now with Scott Usemi of Luminary Web Strategies. And I want to talk about that for a second. Uh, you made Web Strategies part of your name. And one of the things that I read on your website is that magic is not a plan, uh, it pays to have. Uh, you know, a strategy when you're going into this. And the first half of this, our conversation, you've been talking about, like, building, basically, like, MVPs. How important is it, uh, you know, for an agency, when when a client approaches them, to have a strategy for how they're, you know, going to strategically uh, roll things out to where they don't blow their whole bankroll and have nothing to show for it?
1: Sure. Um, So are you, I I guess, are you looking for... uh, the the importance I, I guess can you can you clarify I'll say it that way can you clarify
2: uh, sure. what, what, what do you mean sure and, and and you might have like already touched on this but you know how important is it for you, when a client approaches like an agency what what should they be looking for are they you know a lot of people are looking for a developer but but it's probably good to be looking for a partner who can help you with overall strategy
1: okay so this is actually really interesting. Um, so there's some people that let's just say if you are really good with business development with knowing exactly uh, what features you need on your site or what your site exactly needs to do and you know that if it's built it's going to do everything that it needs to and there's no other optimal solution for it that's really when you should hire the flat out developer right that would be luminary web development where it would just be uh, you say here's my spec. Don't tell me if it's wrong. Don't tell me if there's other solutions. Just do it, right? And there's some people that that want that approach. They don't really want somebody to to um, to even like dig into their business or to uh, really consider the implications of building the system. They just want, you know, what I want to burn some money on this. or I want to spend some money on this. I want it done within a couple weeks, and then I'm going to move on, right? Um, now, when it comes to some other people that maybe aren't tech savvy, maybe they've never done a website before, or maybe it's their first startup, or it's their first foray into e-commerce, or maybe they've done e-commerce before, it didn't work out, right? Uh, and they wanna know why, or they wanna see what they can do differently. Um, that's when it's better to go for a consultant, uh, or, or somebody that takes it more of like a strategic approach um, of considering where Where is money best spent? Um, maybe it is even, let's just say, if uh, somebody's doing a marketing blitz for something and they want to burn $15,000 on a website, but when I go through it and we talk about it, it turns out that it's better for them to spend $15,000 on Facebook ads or $15,000 on Twitter ads or something like that. Um, that's where I would rather have it that somebody spends their money elsewhere if it's better spent elsewhere. So... My goal is never to, when somebody comes in um, and, and says, hey, this is a project that I have, um, this actually is, is something that I learned from my mentor where he actually would rather talk somebody out of a project <laughs> right. than, than just, like, have them come in and, and that's it. Because if somebody can talk you out of your project within 30 minutes, it probably wasn't something you should have done anyway, right? Yes. If 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 after you know an hour of somebody saying like this is not a good idea and you still want to go for it, then that's where you can start to figure out why is it that you have such a passion, but as well where, uh, how, how can that passion turn into a a proper direction, right? How can it be that you're actually going um, and, and not just like going on a passion craze, but actually like building something that's proper. Um, So that's, that's kind of what I see as the difference between just a, a development company and a consultant slash uh, strategic company for for uh, website development or app develop, app development.
2: Oh, totally. Uh, so, you know, what role does analytics play in evaluating what direction a site's going? Uh, you know, wh- how do you evaluate? You know, whether you need to change up the UX layout, the the, the offer. Sure. So.
1: Analytics and A/B testing, which is kind of just testing different variations of the same page, um, they're definitely important and and they, they have their roles. Um, the one caveat is that they all, all forms of testing require a good amount of data. So if you're having it that only 20 people are coming to your site every day, or 30 30 or percent, or 30 people are coming to your site every day, um, it might be that any analytics data that you get about how they're navigating through your site or if you have different variations and you're trying to see which one works, um, the data that you're getting is really hard to believe, right? Or it's it's nearly, it's nearly not scientifically uh, or statistically significant. So it can be, let's just say, if you built a site and you have really, really qualified leads that you're sending to the site and and it's people that you know their exact demographic, you know who they are, and you send 10, five get on one landing page, five get on the other, you know, a a different variation, and A makes it so that nobody signs up, B, everyone signs up. Maybe you can't actually consider that, right? Technically, you got a a really good amount of information, um, and you already knew who the leads were, the demographics, but technically, it's only 10 people, right? It could've just been a fluke. Like, if if you think about it, when you flip a, a coin, it could be that I could guess correctly for 10 times whether or not it's going to be heads or tails. And nobody's going to think I'm amazing. Nobody's going to think I'm a, a magician or, or that, I, uh, that I'm a, a, a psychic or what have you because it's only 10, right? But if I started to be able to predict that after like 10,000 tries, that's when everyone's like, you know what, that's actually pretty cool. that like you can flip 10,000 times and Scott's going to get it every single time. So that's almost the statistical significant side of A/B testing and analytics as well and other or, or digesting analytics, that once you have a good amount of traffic, that's when you can start saying, hey, we noticed that people go to this page, then they go to this page and they leave, but if they go to this page and they go to this page and they stay, maybe we should actually figure out what's going on with, with the page that's making everyone leave.
2: Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um... So I'm going to switch it up. This is something mm-hmm. that we usually ask each of our spotlight guests. Sure. Is uh y- you know, we ask you like what's your favorite motivational and business books. And I I think you mentioned that you really get inspired and motivated by Gary Vaynerchuk's videos and books mm-hmm. or by being around other people who are motivated. Tell us a little bit more about that. What what sure. inspires you there?
1: Um, so really I I just joined uh we work co-working space, uh, August 1st, um, and it's been actually, it's um, really changed my business, actually, um, it's really changed how I operate, um, how I how I get motivation, how I feel throughout the day, um, so for me, I, I think I really feed off of other people's energy, so mm-hmm. when I'm around other people that are uh, working hard and um, accomplishing things, I, I kind of want to be in that same environment and, and be motivated and, and work hard and um, make things happen so that's actually next month I'm moving to uh, downtown LA uh, where, whereas right now I'm like in, in Culver City which is a little farther away um, and the, the, the reason for that is because whenever I go to kind of the, the businessy parts of downtown LA just the environment all, of all the business people of all the, 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 um, all the activity, really motivates me to say, I want to keep on doing, like, working hard. I want to keep on making things happen, and and I see all this potential, all this activity. Um, I see all these people uh, doing business. I just, I see things happening, um, and that tells my brain to, to you know, turn it up a notch and, and join in on um, all the activity.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, another thing we ask uh, our Spotlight guests is... You know, what are three to five uh, success or leadership principles? And um, I'm I'm just going to, like, call out these ones that you listed, and you can just tell me a little bit about each. The uh, first one sure. you mentioned w- was, in order to be different, you have to act differently or go places uh, that you, ha- you haven't tried before.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, this year I've kind of done a lot of soul-searching and a lot of... Um, you know, self-auditing, figuring out where I am, where I want to be, uh, what I've been not doing as good as I want to, or kind of what progress I need to be making. And one thing that really intrigued me was when I was at uh, Prestige Comp in Minneapolis. And um, I was sitting there looking around in the room, and there's a lot of like, significantly talented people in there um just a lot of amazing people in there that everyone either looked up to uh or they they uh just saw as special and and even the the one that always came to my mind was was chris lemma where everyone wants to walk up to him and shake his hand or some people are too afraid to to, to shake his hand and walk up to him because they're they glorify him so much right and that was even me when i when i first saw him around i was like oh my gosh i saw him on the internet and he's he's really special, and and. Uh, and I, I can't imagine talking to him. I'm they're going to be so nervous, right? And and I started to think about it. I'm like, why? What makes it that in a room uh, of people, why is it that um, Chris Lemma can be different, right? To to stand out. And it turns out, and it sounds so stupid, but it or it's so simple. In order to be different, you have to act differently. You have to do something that nobody else has done, nobody else thought of, nobody else put in that much that much effort into Um, nobody even thought was possible Um, so that's that's one thing that I've been really diving into is the fact that if I sit around do exactly what everyone else is doing if I don't try anything that nobody else has done if I don't take any risks I'm not going to be ever special right I'm not going to stand out and I'm not going to actually help people progress or and it's not even from a selfish uh, standpoint, it's more of I'm not going to make an impact in this world. I'm not going to uh, progress humanity or I'm not going to help other people um, learn new things, right? I'm just going to kind of be a, a person that pushes the same exact thing over and over again and be a, a follower of everything. So it's not that I, I want to be this magical, great person that everyone bows down to and everyone's scared to talk to because I really have never cared for that. Like i It it was. I had a couple times where um, uh, in college I would mentor freshmen uh, for for management information systems, and sometimes they would be like a little nervous to talk to me because they were like, "Oh, he's you know he knows what he's talking about, and he's been through my degree and what have you." And I was like, "Look, I'm I'm just a person. Like, just let's talk. We're people. Like, I'm happy to help you out." So for me, it's more. I I want to be able to say I've made an impact. And in order for me to do that, I have to take a risk. I have to do special, different things.
2: Totally. And and uh, the other thing you said was, don't let fear rule your life.
1: Right. So that almost goes with the same thing too. Um, I I took a risk a few years ago, and um, I built a startup. I burned twenty twenty five thousand dollars on it, and within a couple months, it, it died. Like it just, it, I was too busy, I didn't think of a full strategy, I didn't think of the marketing, I didn't think of the audience, there was so many things that were wrong with it. And since then, um, I've been quite risk averse, so I wasn't interested in risk at all, ever. like I, I did my thing, I, I wasn't trying anything that could potentially lose money or, or just not work. Um, but I realized, it, it, like it goes back to the same thing, if, I, if I'm not doing anything risky, then I'm not gonna make an impact or I'm not gonna get anywhere. So that's where I, I really realized that that fear was was dictating my day-to-day or my life overall. Um, and starting to, to kind of combat that and rule it out has made it so that I can still be rational, right? Not be completely delusional and do all these risky things and um, jump out of a, a plane without a, a parachute and try like metaphorically speaking. You know, <laughs> Um, but I, I'm still able to be more free now and, and actually make choices that, um, that might not pay off 100% today. Um, but I'm investing time and, and gaining experience right
2: now. Absolutely. I, Jonathan, you want to close this out?
0: yeah thanks scott yeah i think we've touched some really interesting as normal when you came on our round table uh, on saturday we had some great discussions and i think we've covered some really interesting concepts on that um it's time to wrap up the podcast part of the show hopefully scott's going to agree to continue the discussion for another 10-15 minutes which we're going to which you will find on the WP Tonic website, folks, and on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. But um, we initially post it um, on the website with a full set of notes and more information about the ideas and uh, links and everything we've discussed during the podcast. So go to the WP Tonic website to find that out. So, Scott, how can people what's the easiest way to find out more about you and to contact
1: you sure, sure. so our website is luminary l-u-m-i-n-a-r-y dot w-s like web strategies um and we're also on twitter at luminaryWS um and then my uh my twitter handle is actually in the bio of that so at ws on twitter
0: that's great scott so john um how can people get hold of you well, people can find
2: me at my website, which is lockdowndesign.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at lockdown underscore. Jonathan, tell the people how they can
0: get a hold of you. Oh, the Ouija boards. Um, uh, <laughs> Use... No, to be uh, – that was a little bit – I've been told off from my English humour, folks, so I'm, I'm cutting it back. Um, it's so, okay, it's okay. That was uh, a good one. No, I actually had complaints, Scott, so I did go. It, My humour sometimes comes across as not that humorous. It's cultural, I feel. Um, so, uh, basically, email me at Jonathan at wp-tonic.com or you can always get hold of me either on LinkedIn or Twitter at my Twitter handles at Jonathan Denwood and people have been surprised how quick I contact them back it's been a great show. We will continue the conversation. Like I say, you'll find out on the website and on our YouTube channel. And we'll see you next week with another hopefully great and insightful interview like what we got with Scott. See you soon. folks. Bye.
2: Thank you.